Oh, yes. I was going to say Thursday, Tuesday's show, winding down. Jeff Wagner will be up at uh, noon. Some of the texters said I was too mean to people in Wisconsin. Come on. Some of it's tongue-in-cheek, but let's be better. Do, do we want to be 50 on, on on the list of anything? The worst of all 50? I wouldn't think so. Password security? Hmm? Do better. Stop putting fish fry in your, or old-fashioned in your words that you use. Or mix it up a little bit. All right. Always looking forward to the conversation. Author, columnist. Probably was a blogger at some point in his life. He certainly loves to enjoy fine alcohol branding and all that stuff. I don't even know where I'm going. Christian Snyder joins us <laughs> on, the, on, the, on the Tri-County Contracting Hotline. What are you con- What are you consuming these days for alcohol? What, what's your thing right now? Um, you know, I go back and forth between between scotch and bourbon. Uh, Balvenie, I think, is probably my favorite scotch. Hmm. Um, and you know, there's all sorts of uh, all sorts of great bourbons, Knob Creek, etc. You're the whiskey old fashioned guy, right? Is that you? I'm trying to become a uh, an influencer, so I mention this stuff, oh. and then they send me free samples. But uh, for for liquor, that doesn't seem to work very much. Otherwise, I understand the I understand the concept of influencing. I just don't know if I want to work that hard at social media because I'm kind of disgusted with social media right now, and I don't know why, that I want to encourage myself to be more involved. So a few years ago, I had a uh, a subscription, like a a daily, a weekly subscription to um, Jack's Link's uh, beef jerky. Yeah, and good I stuff. I mentioned it on uh, on Twitter, and then they started sending me all sorts of free beef jerky, saying just keep talking about it on social media. So I was a dried meat influencer <laughs> for a brief a brief period. If you're going to be an influencer on something, I would pick jerky. I, I would certainly do old Dutch potato chips, my favorite, or or some variation of uh, a popular beverage. So yeah, there's there's something to be said for that. I just couldn't do all the other stuff anyway. Um, so I don't know if you're paying attention to the uh, the news, and we're we're not going to focus on this too long. Um, Tom Emmer apparently is the nominee from the uh, GOP for the next Speaker of the House. Just from a general sense, it seems like they kind of got their you know what together, and at least this far, we'll see what happens today when they actually get to a vote. Is this the end of this process, or is this just like a, a delusionary uh, phase where they're going to still screw it up when they get to the actual floor vote? Oh, they'll screw it up. For really? Sure. Um, <laughs> look, uh, so the word for – I was just reading this uh, in The Hill. The word is that uh, Emmer got like 118 votes in their conference. So he got a he got a majority of the votes in the GOP conference, so that's enough to take it to the floor, but – he still needs to get to two, what is two seventeen? Yeah, yeah. And there are a lot of people that are cranky about some of the votes that he's taken. Like he took a vote to uh, codify same-sex marriage mm-hmm. in federal law, and so you know it's it's like a balloon. You squeeze one side, and the other side gets bigger. Um, you know, there maybe people like Matt Gates and kind of the the knucklehead caucus will be for him, but then that that turns off a lot of the other people. So. He's he's still got a ways to go. He he has a, a hundred more votes that he needs to find. Wow. So okay. So if that let's say he doesn't get the votes and they've kind of whittled it down from nine yesterday. So if that doesn't happen, if it doesn't come to fruition for Emmer from Minnesota, then what? I mean, you, you try to put this process together to kind of get back to norm some whatever normal is now in politics, and right. that fails. Then what do you do? Well. 
chaos is what a lot of people want, <laughs> right. you know, like a, these Matt Gates and, and these these folks because it gets them in the news and it gets their gets their name out there. So that's actually what they're angling for. They would love nothing more than to shut the government down and uh, you know say that that, that uh, you know they're the ones fixing everything. But you know they really we've got some uh, we've got Israel to help out. We've got to fund some Ukraine stuff. And uh, if we stick around and do nothing for much longer, there are going to be real consequences. So they they, they got to get something done here soon. Uh, Christian Snyder joining us, author and columnist on the Tri-County Contracting Hotline. As a Republican and sometimes conservative, I, I look at the the uh, the process to pick a nominee as, as troubled at best and just concerning at worst, I guess, and maybe scary, um, that Donald Trump, you know, getting numbers like 58% polling numbers, not real votes. And then there's everybody else. So as a conservative and someone who writes about politics, am I, is there any opportunity for sanity to return, my, my opinion, to this process? I know that no votes have been cast. So, I mean, that's, that's a reality we should at least talk about. To get to a nominee that it can actually win an election against, let's say, Joe Biden. Well, uh, I believe, and I saw, I went, I saw Paul Ryan give a speech uh, a couple, couple of weeks ago, and he believes as well. The first party to swap out their current nominee for, or their 2020 nominee for somebody new, is the the party that's going to win. The problem is Democrats are kind of stuck with Joe Biden, and Republicans appear to be stuck with with Donald Trump. You know. The other candidates are basically waiting around. They want to be number two in case Trump goes to prison or something completely falls apart for Trump in, in his court cases. And uh, I, I'm not sure that's going to work. <laughs> I mean, he, he's been charged with all this stuff, and he's, he, he's just gone up in the polls. So, um, you know, George Will wrote a column saying, you know, Tim Scott from South Carolina, who's a senator, needs to get out and throw his support behind Nikki Haley. That's fine, but... They need to pick somebody. It's got to be like Haley or DeSantis or somebody for everybody to get behind and everybody get out. But what do you do, Christian, when none of them want to drop out? And they're just going to keep having these debates where the the leader's not even in the room and the rest of them just fight it out. And and there's upticks on one side and somebody goes down. Uh, Haley certainly made a a little bit of a jump. And I, I would argue, since I wrote her in the last election, that she's got the most realistic chance of beating Joe Biden. But how do I convince other people that? This is something we have to do as Republicans. Right. Well, the, the, the problem is people are running for, for president now, not because they want to be president. It's because they, uh, they you know, want to get their name out there. They want to show on Fox News. They want all these other stuff. So they really have no interest in, in getting out uh, whatsoever. I mean, Vivek Ramaswamy is basically running to be Donald Trump's uh, you know press secretary. Mm-hmm. Should Trump get, get reelected again? So... Um, yeah, but unless everybody gets out and, and the rest of the party kind of galvanizes around somebody else, then, you know, the party's stuck with Donald Trump again. And, you know, the, the Trump people are, they're looking at polls saying he's dead, even he's in a dead heat with, uh, with, with Joe Biden right now. So they have, they have come closer together because for a while Biden was leading all of those early ones, but again, no votes have been cast. That's the thing that I, you know, national polling is one thing. I'm more interested in state-by-state state polling and then actual votes in states. Right. So when you look at states like uh, South Carolina and New Hampshire, some of the early states, 
Nikki Haley is surging, and she's now number two behind Trump. Uh, the problem is she's still 30 points behind Trump, so <laughs> she's she may be making headway, but it's not nearly enough to, to overtake him. You know, people are just hoping that she's close enough to where if Trump collapses somehow, you know, all these uh, all these people uh, pleading guilty in, in Georgia against him are probably going to turn against him and, and start testifying. Um, so, you know, maybe that'll, that'll be enough, but, uh, uh, it doesn't look good for the rest of the field right now. That was my, my last question on this, on this topic is that, do you think with, it seems like the, the prosecutor's strategy is to one by one flip these people so that at the end of the day or the end of the month, whatever, end of the year, we're looking at Donald Trump with all of these people testifying against him. You move up the trial date, you speed up the trial, and there actually is a decision in these cases, or this case specifically, Fulton County, Georgia, against the former president so that the public, voting public, has a real measure or metric to actually cast their vote on. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd seen some people argue that it's actually good news for Trump that these people are all uh, pleading guilty because they're not pleading guilty to the RICO charges or, or whatever. Yeah, I've, I've seen but, that. But, the, I mean, the reality is they're all pleading guilty because they're all probably now agreeing to cooperate with the prosecution against Donald Trump. So the more details, the more facts that come out, the more evidence against him, certainly the worse it looks for him. Uh, so, yeah, we, we may be speeding towards uh, something. And, and, of course, he's going to keep trying to push this all past, uh, you know, past the election, he's going to say, well, this is a federal crime, so it belongs in a federal court where he has more control. Um, so he, he's going to keep trying to delay, but everybody else, you know, the dominoes are falling, and it's probably not good news for him. He is Christian Snyder. We're going to shift, shift gears completely. We're talking about things related to Donald Trump. He likes to talk about fake news. How about a fake profile generated by artificial intelligence? Christian will weigh in on that one after this. On WTMJ now. Oh, well done, Charlie. Proof for Charlie on the show today. All right, Christian Snyder, author and columnist, wrote a piece, nationalreview.com, this month. The uh, title, A Government for Algorithms by Algorithms. And I mentioned before the break, using AI to uh, maybe generate a dating profile. And <laughs> you always seem to have the, the right idea, the, the same way I'm thinking about some of these things. Is it? Artificial intelligence, or is it artificial lack of intelligence that we're masking here? Yeah, so uh, I started writing this because I, I found a couple articles about men who are now going to, uh, turning to artificial intelligence to write their dating profiles, but, mm. but, but not even that. It's, uh, they're actually having AI answer messages in the dating apps for them. <laughs> So it's basically like a Cyrano de Bergerac type of situation <laughs> where men who don't know how to communicate with women or I guess other men in some cases, um, they they just have a computer do, do all their work for them. So, you know, now we have like not just yourself, but your AI self uh, out there in the world and you know, it, it, it makes a big difference when we relate to each other and the way we govern each other, because you have a bunch of people who are not real people. They're actually just computers kind of kind of 
you know, fighting with each other. So, so that's basically where we are. So maybe the, the answer to better relationships is not to utilize artificial intelligence to write your profile. And you, you, great piece, a uh, great part of the story. Um, I'm just reading from a single friend of mine who just graduated from medical school once asked me to edit his dating page, and I noticed he had misspelled the word physician. Kind of important as a student of a medical school, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on. He was, he was trying to, you know, brag to women that he was a doctor, and if you if you misspell the word physician, then it's kind of a it's kind of a red flag that you might not be a physician. So uh, yeah, so basically, it's let's get back to being actual real people who learn how to interact with one another uh, on you know basic terms. A lot of the stuff that you see online is stuff that people would never say to each other if they were standing right in front of them. Of course. Because in large, in many cases, they might get popped in the face if they said something like that. (laughs) Um, So basically, we have an entire society based on people who want to get punched but can't because they're hiding behind, you know, some anonymous Twitter account or whatever. Oh, my goodness. So, again... I'm a big fan of real communication. That's why I do a radio show. It's why I love to talk to people away from the show and have real face-to-face. And you know, then I talk to young people who rarely use their phone as a phone anymore, don't have real conversations, prefer emailing and texting to actual conversations. So if we're going to get to the point where the actual relationship is based on complete AI and generated by some lifeless being or whatever that is, what is the point of this? Because I guess maybe other than a hookup, this is not the the standard bearer for long term relationships, right? Well, this is I mean, this is actually some somewhere where I think Generation Z has it right because I hate getting phone calls too. <laughs> really, phone rings for no reason. I just I shriek and run away. Hmm. Um, I hate talking to people on the phone, but uh, yeah, I mean it, it. It's that it's the the relations that we have with people of the opposite sex or romantic partners and all that stuff. But as I point out in the piece, it's also our elected representatives because now they just they target these algorithms to try to get as much, uh, you know, as many viewers as possible. I mean, watch a watch a congressional uh, hearing one of these days, and you'll see one of these ding dongs up there on on the dais just screaming at people who have taken time out of their day to go testify in front of Congress on their expertise, but everybody has to have their 30-second viral clip, and so they start screaming at, at witnesses, mm-hmm. and then they post it on Twitter and, uh, you know, go on with their day. So uh, we don't have real people running for, for offices anymore. We basically just have algorithms running for office, and it's gonna, you can see what's happening with the, with the speaker vote yeah. to bring it all back. This is this is why we are where we are right now. Fake news, fake people. Uh, I always love talking to you, author, columnist Christian Snyder. Nineteen sixteen, the blog, anti knowledge. Uh, his great podcast wasn't that special. On the what what year are you in now? You're doing all fifty years of SNL. What year are you covering now? Uh, I'm just finishing up watching season nine. Wow. Uh, and then season ten, of course, is the the big season where they bring in all the heavy hitters like Martin Short and Billy Crystal and those people. So that's going to be cool. Uh, just getting to the end of the Eddie Murphy uh, era. Yeah, and I think you said it yourself last week on social media. This is going to be the most comprehensive look at all of these old, all the way from all back then, way back then, to the to the modern versions of this show that's ever been done. And you're the who's your co-host on this? 
Uh, his name is Scott Bertram. He's a uh, he's a, a professor at Hillsdale College and uh, loves SNL just as much as I do, and is much better at being on the radio than I am. Oh, <laughs> uh, you're you're fantastic, and and because he's not busy enough, also the creator of Zero Star Reviews. If you want to see what. <laughs> What reviewers said about, oh, I don't know, music, musicians, movies, TV shows way back then. Interesting reads as well. Always great to talk to you, Christian Sider. We'll do it again. Yeah, thanks for having me.